capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A freshman has won it for the Wolverines. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. T.C. Martin. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. is now in. Hour number two here on this Friday at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook. T.C. Barton, Marco D'Angelo, and the big seven-footer in the house today. Big Bill Cartwright, the five-time NBA champ, and a fantastic uh, setting, of course, here for March Madness. And don't forget, Thursday and Friday, the opening round of the tournament will be broadcasting live here on both days. And don't forget, International Theater here at the Westgate Hoop Central, see all the games on the big screens, the 4K video wall, food, beverage, betting stations, and more. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Tickets only $40, so do that. And then, of course, uh, the world-famous sportsbook, the largest in the world, uh, will have the games on in here as well, broadcasting live. So looking forward to Thursday, Friday, uh, next week. All right, we continue on here at the Westgate today, and uh, plenty of college basketball tournaments on the local side as we know the mountain west conference uh, we're down to the semifinals we got san diego state and san jose state tonight uh san diego state an eight point favorite boise state and utah state in the nightcap uh utah state a two-point favorite and marco it's interesting that we've there are not just this conference but other conferences the lower seeded teams are the favorite there's been a few of them, and I talked to you when we came in uh, to do the show before we went on the air. I said, there's one game tonight, TC, that has me absolutely scratching my head. I didn't, I don't understand the line, and it caused me problems, and that was actually in the Big East tournament. But also what you have, TC, in some of these, and I think that's one of the instances maybe with like the Utah State, is you got some of these teams that are considered to be on the bubble and they need to make a deep run or win the conference tournament, obviously, to get into the big dance. And I think, you know, you're seeing that with, you know, maybe Utah State. That was one of the teams coming in. I think they're the the third best team in uh, the uh, Mountain West. But because of some, you know, games that they lost earlier in the season they fell you know back a little bit but they came on strong at the end of the season so i would not sleep on utah state i will say that i think utah state in in my book is their one and one a with san diego state i like them better than boise state um san diego state has got great size as we know but i love the way utah state plays and i think bill you've seen utah state they move the ball fabulously they share the ball again they have experienced kids on that roster i think it comes down to san diego state and utah state again like we saw a couple years ago i i, I like this utah state team uh tonight so wouldn't surprise me at all if they beat boise and we're watching them tomorrow afternoon uh the pac 12 semifinals tonight ucla in oregon at six o'clock at t-mobile arena and then the nightcap has arizona and arizona state UCLA had some problems yesterday with Colorado, but uh, again, they had the early start. A team that uh, 
probably could be the number one seed in the West, which would bode well for them because then they would get to come back here to T-Mobile Arena. Remember, the West Regionals are going to be here in two weeks. So could it be Gonzaga, a number one seed? Could it be UCLA? Both of these teams have great fan bases, but I think UCLA, uh, even though they don't need to win this tournament, um, they kind of slept walk yesterday. Again, Clark is out for them. They're still learning to play without him. But this UCLA team still looks pretty strong. Only favored by five against Oregon tonight. Seven-footer, what do you think of the UCLA Bruins? Well, they're just talented. You know, they play really, really hard. And they've got a good coach. Um, the big thing for me is always being able to guard. Um, so they guard well. And, you know, just like all good teams now, you know, in our conference, just Gonzaga. Once they get in transition, they're they're like a wave. They come at you, and they're really really hard to stop. So, um, you you really expect them to come out on top. But you know, once again, the conference tournaments, just like we are happy are seeing now with the uh, Big West. You've already played these teams twice. You're really familiar with them. You're familiar with the coach. Every single possession is hard. Unless you get a steal in transition. So uh, that's why you have tough games. That's why you have overtime games. Every basket's tough. So, uh, and that's what makes it fun. You know, Marco, UCLA is five, a five-point favorite. And some people look at that as being rather short. And I kind of do myself. This Oregon team has really been hot and cold, playing a little bit better towards the last month of the season. But it's still are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. They're on a little four-game winning streak, but really haven't beaten anybody really of consequence. And uh, UCLA in the last meeting beat Oregon 70-63 to 63 up there in Eugene. Uh, Bruins are, are rock solid. I mean, you know, they're wearing those white uniforms. They're 17-0 this year, my friend. They've won 11 in a row. Uh, as long as they're motivated, and that's sometimes you have to worry about these teams that are kind of a, they're already a lock in the tournament. Can they potentially get upset? But I'm going to stick with what I said weeks ago. It's going to come down to UCLA and Arizona again. They'll meet for a third time tomorrow night. Yeah, and TC, I've talked with you about this a lot. That game yesterday, that was one of those rested team versus a non-rested team. Okay, And everybody automatically thinks the rested team has the advantage. I do not think so in that case. They've The other teams had a game on the floor. They w- obviously won the game because they're playing the next day. So it gives them a little bit of confidence and we saw that UCLA came out slow in the game. They took control in the second half of the game. Won a game that basically, like you said, perfect words, they slept walk through that game. I think you see a better performance from them tonight as far as Oregon goes. That's one of those teams, they only got one one way to the dance. That is, they got to run the table and win the Pac-12 conference tournament. We saw a team in the Big Ten right now that is making its way to Saturday. We didn't think that this team, they were the laughing stock of the Big Ten just two weeks ago. I mean, everybody were making jokes about them. They couldn't even, not only were they losing, they couldn't cover a spread, and they were getting some big numbers. And here's Ohio State. They knocked off Michigan State today. Yep. And what was it? Michigan State was a rested team. Yep, of course. Bill, you buy into that theory at all about the the, the, the rested team versus the team that's that's been hot. And, again, we've been broadcasting the Big West games, and we, we saw that where uh, the rested team really came out sluggish in every one of those games, maybe except for Irvine yesterday. But And, and we're seeing this in, in a lot of the a lot of the other tournaments. So 
again, you can make that case, hey, you know, take the team in St. John's and Marquette is a perfect example, too. St. John's came out storming uh, the game uh, this morning, the Purdue game. Mm-hmm. Rutgers came out and it had Purdue by 12, just like that. Then finally, you know, these teams, you know, got es- it going. Especially if the rest of the team already beat that team twice. Right. Because you just feel like, oh, we just got to show up. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's more desire, and I think it's more of, of, of your coaching staff and, and how they're going to prep. You know, and, you know, an example of that is if you're, if you're up by 20 points, what's that coach telling the other coach? What do you know coming in after halftime? You know that team's coming out storming. So you're telling your team, hey, look, these last, these first five minutes are extraordinarily important. We got to get off the snide right away. So I, I think it's all in the prep because, look, it's it's already written what's going to happen. You know that you haven't played. You know that team played the night before. They're just playing with more desire. So now it's your acknowledgement. Hey, look, they're coming. They're coming. We've already beat them twice. They're coming. We've got to be ready. But if you're not ready, I'm calling a timeout right away, the first minute of the game. So the good coaches, it doesn't happen to them. For me, it doesn't happen. So if, if you're preparing your team in the right way, all of those aspects are predictable. Let me ask you this as a coach. When your team does have one of those sleepwalk-type games, that gives you you got more to work with for the next game to light that fire under them and really get after the team. That's the way I look at it, why I like taking a good team that had to scare the game before because you know you're going to get the A effort from start to finish the next game. And look, you see it all the time. You see it in the the NBA that um, you know when teams are coming out, and that's part of your job. You know that if a team just got beat by 45 points, you know what's going to happen the next day. They're coming. Yeah. So there's a certain predictability that you know is already out there. That team is coming. And I guarantee you that it's a different game if you if you're the number one team in the country and you're playing a team on the road, that game you just watched the night before where they got beat by ten, mm-hmm. that's a whole different team coming up because you're number one. They're coming at you. So there's a certain predictability that you can predict with about teams. Because you know you want to do well. I guess if I play at Houston, I know I gotta bring it. I'm gonna get my hat handed to them. Right? If I play at Purdue, if I'm playing Gonzaga, if I'm playing UCLA, if I'm playing any good team, I'm going to play my best game. You know, perfect example of this is what we saw at the Big West the other night. Cal Poly is a team that lost 18 games in a row. And they got blown out uh, to their uh, Long Beach State, the higher seed. And Cal Poly just brought it to them. And they ended up winning that game 88-68. Beat him by 20. Yeah, it was and, remarkable. And then the next night, Cal Poly comes out and does the exact same thing again. A team that had nothing to play for. I mean, they knew they weren't going to the tournament, but character came into play. And these kids were amazing. And, and Bill and I talked about it. He, he said it himself. He goes, I've never seen anything like this before where a team's lost 18 in a row, but then you start 
digging in behind the numbers, they lost one-point game, two-point games, three-point games. They, they were in, like, all these games, and they came out, and they looked like they were the, the higher-seeded team uh, in these two games. It, it, it's just amazing. But these kids had character and, and the coaching staff, and that was something special because I've never seen a, a team that had lost 18 in a row that, cut, that came out uh, with that kind of fire and determination. It's the beauty of the conference tournaments. Yeah. Everybody starts 0-0 record, and mm-hmm. you can get hot for yeah. four games. Yeah. Let's talk about the, the games tonight. We'll be doing uh, UC Irvine and Cal State Fullerton uh, in this game. Irvine, the top seed, number one. Cal State Fullerton actually won this tournament last year and went to the NCAA tournament, played Duke pretty tough once they got there. How do you think this one goes tonight? Well, Cal State Poland is, from the teams I've seen, they they played the best best basketball so far. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think if they just play their normal game and, you know, they they can score, uh, they're really active defensively. Mm -hmm. I like what they do. So they they should win this this game. Uh, But like I said, it's going to be a close game. Let's call it right now. It's going to be a close game. <laughs> so, um, but, um, yeah, Irvine should win this game. The spread sure. reflects that, too. Irvine's a two-and-a-half-point favorite, Marco. There yeah. it is. I don't even know the spread. Yeah. This is a team. I've made a lot of money this year with Irvine. I've, I love defensive teams. The anteater over here. They, yeah, they are. And I'll tell you what, though. You look at what they've done. The last two opponents, they've held the 44 and 51 points. They have routinely hold teams to 39% or less shooting. That's getting it done. But when you say that it's going to be a close game, because they're not an offensive juggernaut and they play good defense, they play a lot of tight games, which that gives them the advantage, in my opinion, when it comes down to those final critical five minutes. Five when minutes, every, there it is. When every possession means something. They play more games like that, and that's an advantage late. I like them. The minus two and a half, um, yeah, I give you flack for teasers and stuff, but when I have a spread of two and a half, I'm more likely to bet them on the money line sure. and lay just a little Absolutely. extra juice. Because so often, as we talk about, if a coach does the right thing when they're up three, they're supposed to foul mm-hmm. in, in, with that last possession mm-hmm. and let them go to the line instead of letting them shoot yeah. uh, an uncontested three to tie it. So uh, I don't want to be laying two and a half. Mm-hmm. Santa Barbara and Riverside will play in the nightcap. Uh, is another uh, cl- close spread game where Santa Barbara's favored by a couple. Uh, some thoughts on, on what we're going to see tonight from UC Santa Barbara and UC Riverside, the two and the three seeds, Bill. Uh, that's 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 a pick of to me. Yeah, it's uh, you know both those teams are really similar. Um, I can't call that game at all. You got this kid Zion Polon. He's something else. You know, he's good. He's good, but uh, that, for that, Riverside, yep. That game's just too too tough to call. I'm not even gonna mess with that. I'm gonna leave it for the expert here. I lean to Cal Santa Barbara in this one. Um, both teams come in hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. You got Cal Santa Barbara's won five in a row. Uh, you've got uh, Riverside coming in, winning six of their last seven games. Mm-hmm. Their only loss to Irvine, who 
I love in you know right. in in the conference. So this one's going to go down to the wire. If I had to play this one, I do lean to Cal Santa Barbara, but I did not get involved with my clients on this one. All right, Big East semifinals tonight at the Garden. Uh, getting ready to tip here pretty soon is UConn against Marquette. Uh, the UConn Huskies have been phenomenal all season. They are a four-point favorite over Marquette uh, in this game. This is the game that I, I came into you and I says, I do not understand the line, TC. Uh, how is Marquette getting four and a half in this game? Uh, Marquette's been the top team in, in the conference all season long. Connecticut, they're one of those good defensive teams. But I just don't understand. If this line would have been two and a half either way, I could have bought it. I, it would not have surprised me. Either one, but for Connecticut to be four and a half, you, you know, I don't get it. So, what are you going to, what would they have been on their home floor, uh, Connecticut, in this game? Well, um, they, they just played uh, on their home floor going back uh, four weeks ago, and Connecticut won 87 to 72. And here's the deal, Marco. The, Marquette is the, num- the number one seed, Connecticut's the four, and this is what we were talking about as we started this segment about the um, the lower seeded team being the the favorite in this game. This reason is simple. UConn is one of the best rebounding teams in the country. If you look at the two games where they played Marquette, they crushed Marquette on the boards in both games. Uh, they have out-rebounded by an average of 15. And the big seven-footer will tell you, when you get a rebounding advantage like that, you're not losing. UConn they're just beasts. I love Marquette, but for some reason, this is a bad matchup for them. And I think the bookmakers realize this. And if you look at those last two games, and one, like I said, wasn't even close, uh, UConn is just huge. They're laying, huge size. They're laying the same number on a neutral court yep. that they did at home to Marquette. Yeah. And take a guess how many games Marquette lost since that game. One, I believe, right? None. None. Okay. The only game they lost was that game to Connecticut, and they rolled off wins the rest of the season. They finished the season on a seven-game winning streak, and this is one of those teams that had that major scare yesterday that is a good team. I like to back those teams, but I just can't. uh, This line. I'm I'm taking Marquette. In this game, and I'm taking them on a teaser, so I'm getting 10 points on the teaser. I feel pretty good about that. However, it still scares me because of the fact that I can't. I don't like betting teams that are going to get out-rebounded. I know going into this game they're going to get out-rebounded. That scares me because what happens in these games is that if Marquette gets in foul trouble, then it's only going to get worse and worse for them. And, you know, it just – Bill, you could speak from this, right? I mean, when you have a, a tremendous rebounding team, it's just like you're crushing the will of that opponent when they're just getting put back after put back or second shot after second shot, or then on the defensive end, it's it, it's one out. It's demoralizing if you go up against a tremendous rebounding team, especially one that has size. Yeah, that's just the, the difference in playing that, that kind of a game. If, if you have a smaller team, you're playing a different game. You have a bigger team. So now it's just a matter of getting that team to play your your kind of game. So if you if, if you're attacking, um, there's a lot of offensive rebounds available, especially if they're around the basket. That could be an issue. That's the problem with Marquette, though. Marquette likes to shoot the three. Yes, and they were absolutely horrendous 
in that last in meeting. both games they were five they were five of 21 <laughs> against Connecticut yep. in Connecticut where Connecticut uncharacteristically hit 50 percent of their 52 percent of their right. threes 12 of 23 so you got two big outliers Connecticut was nailing threes yep. and Marquette wasn't and then the size advantage well if you're missing all those shots from the outside and you've got a yep. huge size advantage inside yeah you're going to clean the boards pretty good pretty and, and the other game when they played in Marquette both teams shot it very poorly from three yes but uh but still Connecticut beat them up on, on the board so I'm with you. I looked at that, too. But, again, Connecticut is a scary good team. And then the nightcap, another toss-up. you got Creighton, the three-and-a-half-point favorite against Xavier. Uh, Xavier slept walk yesterday. I mean, they were getting drilled the majority of that game, and they didn't take the lead until a couple minutes left in that contest last night. But we know Xavier can play. Uh, Creighton can shoot it. They're a little bit more of a finesse team, even though they look good on paper from a rebounding perspective. But uh, I think if, again, uh, I'm going to go teaser-pleaser with both of these dogs and get as many points so I can manipulate the line as much as I can with a Marquette Xavier teaser. Going back to the last meeting with Xavier and Creighton, one, I looked at Creighton simply because, or excuse me, Xavier, because of the scare yesterday, like the better team the second day. But you go back to that first meeting, outlier, they were only 4 of 14 from three in, in that and Creighton game. Crushed and yeah. Creighton uh, had eight threes in that game. Uh, uncharacteristically for a Big East game, there was only 13 foul attempts in that entire game. If you're looking at the total, you got to think that that evens, you know, you're not going to have a game like that, which means everybody's taking, you know, they're taking jump shots. Nobody's driving the lane. Right. Interesting, uh, you know, semifinals tonight uh, there in the uh, Big East. And then uh, we'll give you one more here in the ACC tonight. Duke in Miami. That goes at 4 o'clock. Duke is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Hurricanes. Uh, Hurricanes got the victory yesterday against Wake Forest. Same type of thing. They had the bye. Wake Forest came out smoking. Miami finally got the job done. And then Duke, they've been on a massive roll here uh, taking care of business. Uh, they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Slight lean for me towards Miami here. These two teams have, have faced each other in the past. It's kind of a matchup nightmare a little bit for Duke, but it's scary because Duke has been playing so well and they're shooting the ball exceptionally well. I don't know if anybody expected Duke to be doing this well, especially with John Shire you know, in his first year as head coach taking over Coach K uh, doing this well, but Duke is getting hot at the right time. I'm actually surprised you're on Miami. I thought this is a game we were going to argue about. I'm high on Miami big here. I thought you would ride the Duke wave because they're putting it together at the right time, peaking at the end of the season. I'm calling the timeout on this seven-game winning streak because yeah. that seven-game winning streak consisted of, I'm going back to the furthest game back, Notre Dame, who's been absolute pure trash in the ACC this year, Syracuse, bad, Louisville, horrible this year. Then they did beat Virginia Tech, who's been a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type team. They struggle too much offensively in Duke. We know that they can score. Then they beat NC State. NC State was probably the quality win in that stretch, but it's still, it's Duke versus NC State. You know, they're, they own the state there. Then they beat North Carolina. North Carolina's not going to the big dance. This is a team that went from the championship game to not playing in there, and then everybody's going to look at yesterday's game that they blew out the Pitt Panthers, who, you know, 
played well this year in the ACC and everything else. I can tell you this much about the Pitt Panthers. They never got over Saturday's loss to Miami. This team was down after they they lost to Notre Dame midweek, and then they lost at the buzzer to Miami on Saturday, which they could have won the ACC crown. Uh, they did, the head coach of Pitt didn't let them come out to meet the the media after the Miami game on Saturday. That's how distraught the players were. Don't buy into the seven-game winning streak. Miami's the better team. They've been the better team all year long. They had a flat spot yesterday yeah. because they were still celebrating winning the yeah. ACC crown. Yeah. Okay, that was big for them because it's always Duke. It's always North Carolina or Virginia. You're going to see the real Miami tonight. I like Miami a lot. See, we both like Miami, but then again, see, I, and surprised. you're surprised. You, you know we handicap well, very similar. We do, but we also like to ride the, yeah. the blue bloods that get hot at the end of the season because, you know, it's always a turnover of personnel, yeah. and, and they okay. look like they're peaking my at the handi- right time. My, my handicap, like I said, is a matchup, okay? Miami is physical. They're bigger. They, they've always given Duke when Miami wasn't that good. And coaching advantage, okay? Jim Laranega over... John Shire for me. So that that's my handicap right there. And what you just said as well, too. Fat and sassy after that Pittsburgh win. That's that, that's a little phony. And uh, Miami, the better team during the course of the season. Uh, Miami can score. I think it's a good, a good spot. And we're getting points on the underdog side. Yeah. All right. And uh, then Clemson and Virginia. And the nightcap, Virginia's favored by three. I lean to Virginia. That's uh, just a weak vote for me, for me on that. Yeah. Clemson's yeah. playing good at the right time. All right. We'll be back a little bit more. We're going to say uh, adios to the seven-footer because he's got to go get uh, loosened up. He's got to get, get to get that voice ready to go. And we got a couple more games uh, tonight out of the Dollar Loan Center at the Big West. My friend, I appreciate you being here uh, for the past week or so. It's been great. Uh, you've gotten some good food in you. Get a couple good more, uh, a couple more good meals in you here the next couple days. You're seeing some good basketball too. Um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been a fun time here. It's good to get away, and I'm just happy we have uh, our, um, you know, Bonanza experience uh, with you uh, coming up. That's it. You're gonna have to make those plans, all right? Yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. We're gonna get it done. All right. We got it. We got it. We got it. Everybody's going. Just, even, just make sure we got a horse that's 18 hands and we're good to go. <laughs> you hear that? Hoss D'Angelo needs an 18. That that could be tough. Well, <laughs> 17. I'll take 17. You'll too. take 17. You yeah, we don't want your feet dragging on the, on the ground behind the horse. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much for our horse talk of of the day, courtesy of uh, Big Bill Cartwright. Hey, I guess we're talking about that's a sport, isn't it? We're talking about. It is. Well, not what you're talking about. You know, just going <laughs> prancing around. I mean, I, I said I wanted to get in the buggy, get in the sulky. That's a sport, my friend. Yeah, and, get, I, and I'd like to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I would really like to watch it. We'll come back with more with uh, Marco. We'll talk more college hoops, conference tournaments, live at the Westgate of Las Vegas. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. <laughs> All right, the man that's upon us here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Marco D'Angelo in the house with me. And, uh, again, thanks to the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, for hanging out with us today, talking a little hoop and everything else. (laughs) You got it all there. I know you just love that, don't you, Marco? I want to see you on a horse. (laughs) (laughs) City slickers. I'm willing to give it a remake. (laughs) 
Uh, all right, uh, Big 12 tonight. Now, so we talked about the games that are semifinals tonight, including the Mountain West, the Pac-12, the Big West here in Vegas, then nationally the Big East semifinals, UConn and Marquette, Creighton and Xavier, the ACC semifinals with Duke and Miami, Clemson and Virginia. It does seem a little strange how the uh, North Carolina is not in there, or maybe even a Florida State and teams like that. But you know, back to what you said about Carolina. You know, you know, going to the you know uh, national championship last year. Well, they were an eight seed. Remember that they weren't even supposed to be there, but they knocked off a number one seed. And when you're an eight nine seed. You knock off the number one, basically you become the number one. Yeah. You know, now you're, you know, facing lesser teams. So, yeah, uh, Duke and Miami and Clemson, Virginia tied the ACC. Now, in the Big 12, they are in the quarterfinal stage because those finals will take place on Sunday. So there's a handful of conference tournaments that uh, end on Sunday. Majority of everyone else is ending uh, tomorrow. So let's talk about the Big 12 games that are still on the docket for today and tonight. Uh, Kansas playing without Bill Self, their head coach, who uh, is sick. No one really knew the severity on on this. It came out yesterday morning that he was not going to coach yesterday's game. And then we find out last night, hey, he's done for the rest of the tournament. Um, don't know if this is going to extend into the NCAA tournament, but Kansas is fighting for a number one overall seed, definitely a number one uh, regional seed here. And they're playing a team that is very, very hot in Iowa State. And speaking of T.J. Otzelberger, which we talked about earlier, Kansas, uh, despite not having their head coach yesterday and coming off a bye, there was no worries with them whatsoever. Uh, They took care of business rather uh, easily. And they're a a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Iowa State. Uh, Marco, these two teams just played each other a a while ago, and I watched that game uh, going back uh, about four weeks ago, and Iowa State just blasted Kansas 68-53. to um, Iowa State was a team that they were on the bubble here weeks ago, but they've gotten hot at the right time as well. Uh, they're usually a much better home team than road team. If you look at them uh, in conference on the road, they were 3-8, and eight, but it is a big 12. Uh, but they are calling this, you know, you know Hilton Coliseum basically west or east, whatever the direction is, because it's less than two hours away. Uh, from from their campus, but you know in Kansas City, but Rock Chalk Jayhawk, as we know, I mean they own Kansas City. They want to have that number one seed because that's one of the regionals uh, finals as well. So they want to play there. How do you see this game? Other than the fact of that first meeting or the last meeting where you said Iowa State beat up on them, I circled that game because there was a reason they beat up on them. That was the game for Kansas immediately following their revenge game with Kansas State, okay? And if you follow college basketball and the rivalries, that whenever Kansas State beat Kansas earlier in the year in that thrilling overtime game, you know, that left a bad taste in Kansas' mouth. And they wanted revenge. They got their revenge, and they did it by double digits. So it was a very satisfying win. They caught them at just the right time. So that would have me looking at Kansas. Now, you take the Bill Self uh, issue and missing the first game. I almost look at that like we do in uh, pro sports with an injured player theory. They weathered the storm the first game. Everybody played at a different intensity. Now you're going to be without him for a second game. It's different 
coaching-wise, preparing when you have three days or four days to prepare for that first game, and then you've got to come back and prepare for the next opponent. This line is short. It's begging you to take Kansas, and I think they're maybe making a little bit of an adjustment because of self not being there. If you put the old gun to my head, and I know you'd like to a couple times here in past shows, I would lean to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Tough game for me to call. Uh, I, I firmly believe that Kansas is the better team. I'm still not sold on Iowa State, but I've watched them this year. Uh, those games against Baylor, where they thoroughly dominated Baylor, I was honestly on the other side of those games. Uh, when I have been on Iowa State, sometimes it works out, sometimes it, it doesn't. And uh, again, you can't argue with the stats. I mean, they're still a very questionable perimeter shooting team, especially from three-point land. So it's hard for me to back Iowa State because uh, really when you look mano a mano, I mean, Kansas, you know, is just has the better personnel. So, but I don't like a team not playing with their head coach, especially one that with Bill Self that I consider probably the best head coach in college basketball right now especially if Iowa State can dictate the tempo of this game and get Kansas to play their game, which is that ugly type of basketball. Uh, you know, they can frustrate teams, and that's what happens, especially teams that like to go up and down the floor. They get you into a slower-paced game. Uh, it, it frust- it's frustrating. You start forcing things sometimes. 6.30 game tonight in the Big 12. Again, these are quarterfinals. Texas and TCU. TCU, amazing yesterday. I think a lot of people thought, okay, maybe K-State will get the better of them. It was a low line, favored by two. They blew out K-State last night, and now Texas is a two-point favorite in this contest. Thoughts about the Longhorns and the Horned Frogs? This is one of those games. I was on TCU yesterday. I liked them in that spot. This is a tough spot because it's a quick revenge game. Texas just lost to them. But it was at the you know the end of the season uh, on the road and so forth, uh, so you would think they would get the, the job done tonight. But TCU is one of those teams we've seen them play basketball. They have had some games this year in the Big 12 where they've looked like as good as anybody in the Big 12, and then on the very next night they can lose to a team like West Virginia. So. Uh, <laughs> I lean to TCU, but it's a game I didn't get involved in. I'm leaning towards Texas. I think it's a short price here, Marco. And, again, the factor for me is guard play. I mean, you have to have great guard play. You have to be able to shoot the ball. And TCU struggles mightily in this department, especially from three. They average five three-pointers a game. They only shoot 30% from beyond the arc. That is 346th in the country. They may get by Texas. If they do, they're not going any further. I'm telling you, teams like this that shoot the ball poorly from the perimeter, especially you know neutral courts, you know different sight lines that they're not used to. No, uh, when TCU has played well, it's been at home. I like Texas in this game. I think Texas, you know, shows up. Now, granted, Texas is missing their head coach, you know, but he's they've been without Chris Beard for quite some time. I get that. Rodney Terry, he's really fighting for this permanent job. I'm not sure the brass there in Texas want him to have that job because if they did, they probably would have already given it to him. They may succumb to the pressure in another month or so and then give it to him in the offseason. I don't know if he's the right guy or not. He wasn't the right guy at Fresno State. Um, and now t- for him to to be the guy at Texas, 
Did that story university in that program and, and in that conference? I don't know. So coaching scares me a little bit. And Jamie Dixon, he is one of the better coaches in college basketball. So the line is short. It's only two. But do I believe that Texas is the better team? Yes, they're seventh in the country, and they're the more consistent team they have been all year long. So they're the much better defensive team. And there you question. go. So I'm probably going to find myself playing the Longhorns. And again, when I see a price like this at only two, I'm I'm probably in. All right. Looking uh, ahead to uh, other games uh, tonight, we uh, we talked about the Big Ten. They're another one of those uh, conferences where the final will be on Sunday, so quarterfinal action coming uh, your way tonight. Two games already in the books, and they got a couple more. Uh, one going on right now, Penn State Northwestern. I couldn't call this one, Marco. Both of these teams have been surprises all year. They've been kind of hard to, to handicap during the course of the season. I don't know about you, but... I still have reservations with both of these teams going forward, even though, I mean, Northwestern is phenomenal. They are the third seed in this conference. I think they are better than Penn State, and I think this is a game where Penn State, or rather uh, Northwestern, will win. Um, the line has climbed up a little bit to four. Obviously, the game is underway right now, but um, I, would have, I would have a lean towards Northwestern on this one. This will be a race to 60. <laughs> okay, there is not going to be a high-scoring game, and you got you got to look at, uh, you know, with a low-scoring low game like that, uh, points will be at a premium. So we'll see how this one plays out. The second game in the Big Ten is a little more interesting, Maryland and Indiana talk about teams that both have played well at times this year Indiana got on a run late late in the season now they did lose their last game but they had had a bunch of games in a row big games and the, the two biggest games they beat Purdue at home which you ex, you know you expect that's not that big of a surprise but they went on the road in the rematch and beat Purdue late in the year and then that kind of took a little bit out of them I think that the, you know, having the satisfaction of beating Purdue twice, um, the phrase I like to use, fat and sassy, I think that cost them in a couple games after that, especially uh, within a get upset by Iowa. They played a really bad game, uh, you know, after that long string of good games. But they're a good defensive team. I just don't like laying points. My motto with Indiana is if they're getting points, I like them. If they're laying points, I don't just because of the style they play. I think the wrong team is favored in this game. I mean, Indiana is one of those schizo teams. You don't know what you're going to get. They play passive a lot of the time, and when they're passive, they get blown out. Maryland is a very physical team. You talk about Indiana's defense. Actually, Maryland is the better defensive team here. They're much uh, higher ranked defensively, uh, but I think a lot of people get fooled with Indiana because they got that number uh, in, in front of their team name here meaning that they're a ranked team. Uh, Maryland can play. Uh, they're very physical, and these are the type of teams that give Indiana fits. I'll go back to the game, even though it was a non-conference game, and it was you know, back in December here at T-Mobile Arena when Indiana played Arizona. Arizona blew this team out because they were the bigger, stronger team, and uh, Indiana really had all kinds of problems scoring. You know, Maryland can be a little temperamental when it comes to uh, you know, going through some scoring droughts, but I think they have an advantage defensively. They play tough man-to-man -to -man defense, and uh, they're a beast on the boards too. So I just don't think that that bodes really well for Indiana. And I, you know, you go back to the uh, earlier meeting when these uh, two teams uh, played each other. Uh, you look at that game, and Maryland 
beat them handily, 68-55. I know that was at the end of January, but again, conference game. Uh, so for me, I'm probably not going to get involved in this game, but a slight lean towards uh, the Terps. Maryland won that meeting uh, that you're talking about, and the outlier from that game was, and it was at Maryland, so maybe they got a little home cooking in. Uh, home teams did well in the Big Ten this year, okay? Yes. Uh, and here's one of the reasons. They got to the foul line 29 times in that game. Indiana got to the foul line 12. Big big difference when you get 15-point edge. They, you know, that was the difference in the ball game. They hit 15, 25 of their free throws, and uh, Indiana hit 10 of 12. But you know, plus 15 at the foul line, it's hard to make up. My point exactly. The reason why, because they're not an aggressive team. Mm-hmm. They weren't penetrating the lane. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're going to settle for jumpers, you're not going to go to the free throw line. And again, more of a physical mismatch in that game. Yeah. You know, Maryland over Indiana. Um, what else do you like on the board here tonight? Uh, let's do a little SEC. Uh, interesting yep. game tonight, Arkansas at Texas A&M. And this is one of those games where we're going to go ahead and talk about it. Texas A&M is a team that did not play yet. They had the bye. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Arkansas who played yesterday and was in the type of game that I like to talk about. It was a close game throughout. Came down to the end, 76-73. Arkansas got the win. I was on them yesterday. And I'm going to take that close win and parlay that into today. They've got the confidence that if they're in a tight game, they can handle it. They just did it the night before. They've got a game over the arena where the other team didn't. And we talk about, you know, a lot of these places that they play at TC, and you're going to be at a place tonight calling the Big West. This is not an arena that was really, you know, they're not all basketball friendly okay you're putting a basketball court in there is you know an afterthought you know is a venue um the sight lines are different for these teams and sometimes you can get off to that slow start sluggish start and you get out to a lead it's easier to play when you're running downhill as opposed to playing uphill and good teams can do that in when you talk about defense a tenacious defense arkansas comes at you uh, and I just like this matchup. I think they get the job done and advance on to uh, Saturday. I'm taking Arkansas. And look at the seeding and look at the line. Mm-hmm. It, that That's another indicator, okay? Texas A&M looks, to me, with the seeding, way too easy. Just pick the winner, TC. Okay, <laughs> I, I like to use that phrase, but I use it when you have lines that are two and a half or less. Yeah, because. Right. I refer to John Q. Public out there. When they see those lines, they're saying, oh, okay, well, the spread's not a factor here. It's pick the winner. And you look at the rankings and you look at pick the winner, that says Texas A&M. And we know that our buddies here at the Westgate don't give out free lunches. <laughs> well, they might to you, but, you know, on a general principle, they don't give out many free lunches. Oh, Arkansas. Oh, here we go again. Bill Musselman. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, Eric Musselman. <laughs> drives me crazy marco uh he's got athletic talent they got the worst haircuts in all of college basketball (laughs) doesn't matter what school he's at they have the worst haircuts um this team you put the haircuts in your handicapping yeah i am now (laughs) with with, with this team uh i don't think either one of us should be talking about haircuts okay (laughs) i don't i don't want to look at a guy that you know again just has has hair flaying all over the place and looks like he just got out of bed okay um Arkansas cannot shoot the ball from the perimeter. Again, a big 
a no-no for me when it comes to handicapping. A team that gets very, very streaky. They've got talent. They've got athletes galore. A&M, I like the stuff that A&M runs. Um, to me, they're a more balanced team, and you know, they're a more consistent team for me. I've seen Arkansas just, again, turn in some, some duds. I mean, I've seen Arkansas go on six- and seven-minute scoring droughts. I can't get behind teams like that. Uh, so for me, it's scary. And again, just dismal from behind the arc. I mean, if, if you need perimeter shooting, you're not going to get it from the Hogs. They are 299th in the country in in that category there. Um, they're horrible at the free throw line. They shoot 69%. On the contrary, A&M is the 34th best team at the free throw line, shooting 76%. And uh, from a rebounding perspective, it's all A&M. They're a much better rebounding team. So if I had to play this game, I would probably lean towards A&M. Uh, it does seem weird that Arkansas is a 10th seed, you know, uh, and A&M is a second seed. But to me, there's not much really different from these two teams, except that the reason why they're the second seed is they're the most, they are the more consistent team. I want consistency at this point in time. If this game was a regular season game, I might lean towards Arkansas, especially if they're playing at Bud Walton Arena and you've got that home cooking, you got the home crowd. But now you're in a neutral court, and you know what you get a lot of times, Mark, on the neutral court? You you get the the underdog team that people are rooting for, mm-hmm. and that's A&M in this case. They're, 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 even though they're the higher seed, they're viewed as the underdog. And I think that's why you're handicapping, too, because you think Arkansas is better. I think Arkansas is better, but I don't think anybody in the, in the stadium is going to think that when they look at the rankings. People look at those little numbers in front of the teams, and they see where Texas A&M is ranked. And, well, you Arkansas know. has a huge following, too. I mean, they're going to have a, a, you know, they have a good crowd there, too. Are so. you saying there will be a few suey chants? There will be some suey pig chants, exactly. <laughs> My guy Houston Nutt will probably uh, be leading them, too, as well. So, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I'm rooting for you on that one, my okay. friend. I, I'm, I'm rooting for you. And, uh, I appreciate that. I'm a closet hog fan. Anyway, I've got a hog head, <laughs> and i got a hog shirt. you got a hog head? Yeah, yeah. I oh, can't God. find it. I used to have it, but uh, it's it's buried somewhere. I do. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> I need, do. you need to find the it's hog head, thing, yeah? and we'll put an apple in your mouth, and we'll, have, we'll, we'll set up a little mock uh, luau. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back to the Mountain West. Uh, we talked uh, about the Boise State-Utah State game. San Diego State-San Jose State. San Jose State uh, getting eight points tonight. I know my man Nick Nice is all over the Spartans tonight. What about you, Marco? San Diego State, after the scare last night, is supposed to show up and play well. Right. San Jose has one one way to the dance, okay, and that is to pull off another upset tonight and get to the final game tomorrow and hope that they can make magic happen. We've seen this with San Diego State so often where they they come in here highly ranked, um, you know, the, the class of the conference and sleepwalk through. You know, and, and they, they slept walk through the opener. They did. But then they usually get it together. They usually get it together, but this is a big number. If, if I had to play it, I would probably have something like a San Diego State on a money line parlay somewhere where I, you know, just didn't have to lay the points with them. I don't see San Jose State pulling off the second. Upset. All right. So you know you're playing my song right now when you I, said that, right? I, I, I know. Okay. I. I so Who do you got them hooked with? So, what? Well, no one yet, but I'm going to as soon as we get off the air. I'm going to give you one right here, right? 
It's the Memphis Tigers tonight. Memphis Tigers. Against UCF. Yes. Uh, Memphis is a team that's kind of under the radar, and people look at Memphis right behind Houston, and they look at the two times that those two teams faced off, and even though Memphis played them fairly tough, Houston won going away. But when you look at Memphis outside of that, they're pretty solid. Talk about a fan base and where this game is located uh, and everything, you know, down in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, they are going to show up tonight, and they're going to take care of UCF. Uh, they are the second seed right behind um, um, the Houston Cougars, like I talk about. But it, the Memphis Cougars, they shoot exceptionally well, especially from two-point range at 48%. And uh, just the contrast there, the 23rd ranked team there in comparison to uh, UCF is 277th. So, uh, again, just better rebounding team, better scoring team, better coach team. They need to win, get in the tournament. I like Memphis. The only thing I, I want to get to that side, and here's the two things that kept me I just put you there, Marco. Come on. I put you there. They're the rested team playing a team that played yesterday. I, that's, I know. that's one. And they haven't had a buffer game since the season finale, which was a gut-wrenching loss to Houston. That's my only negative on that. And see, I love the team coming off the loss, especially when they have rest. Focused. They're just they've they're had, tigers. I, they're tigers. They're waiting to get out of the cage. They have the And they've been time. here before. They, UCF they, hasn't. And UCF hasn't played a back-to-back game basically all year. But so, Houston was the number one team in the country, and they came this close to beating them. That, this close to beating them. That's my point. That's how good the they can Memphis lose, is. They could lose the same I'm talking game to twice. you. You're coming with me. No, I'm not. You're coming with me. <laughs> I, I, I got my Memphis uh, my Tiger shirt at home. Okay. I'm in the car. Why you wear it tonight? I'm in the car with you, but when the officers pull us over, I said, <laughs> I have no idea what this guy's doing. <laughs> he picked me up. I was hitchhiking. <laughs> You want to take a food bet on this one? I, I don't like I said I, know, I wanted you know, I, I wanted to take Memphis, except there's here's oh, the thing. Here's the thing you gotta remember. Yeah. It's just as important not to lose a bet as to have a winning bet. Because when you lose a bet, that's minus one ten. Right. Right. Give me a congratulations text in about uh, two hours. I will congratulate you <laughs> if you win it. All right, I want to thank Marco for being here. Good luck to you, my friend. We will reconvene on Monday, and we'll have a lot to talk about because we will be reviewing brackets. We will be. All right, look forward to that. Appreciate everyone here. Jay Cornegay, John Murray, our entire crew here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the uh, world-famous Superbook. I want to thank Big Bill Cartwright for joining us uh, tonight. Again, him and I will be on uh, play-by-play on Sirius XM Channel 381 tonight at the Big West uh, Tournament a little bit later on tonight. All right. And also, I want to thank my man Nick Nice being here all week and everything. Way to go, Nick. Appreciate you, brother, and everybody else here. If you missed any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Check out the interviews. Check out the blogs. Everything is there for you wherever you get your podcast. Check out the show and the interviews and everything at tcmartinshow.com. We will reconvene Monday with plenty to talk about with March Madness. Have yourself a wonderful weekend and enjoy the games.